Hello, and welcome to the Producer Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Versman, and joining me today is Matthew Jordan, producer on the film Counter Column. I first met Matthew several years ago at the Christian Worldview Film Festival before going on to work on Counter Column during the summer of 2018. Let's dive in and get started. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Hey, Micah. Good to hear your voice. You too. So to start, I thought, why don't you just kind of briefly go over kind of how you got started in filmmaking? So uh, when I was younger, I saw the movie Facing the Giants in theaters, and that was the first movie I had ever seen in a theater, and it really hit me hard because I, I loved football growing up. It was my favorite sport and uh, it was also a really powerful film. And getting that DVD, I think I got it for my birthday the next year and got to see it behind the scenes. And that was the first time I really had this like, oh, that I'd never seen what it was like for like a movie to be filmed. And that was just the first desire where I was like, I want to do this. So I think I was about nine or 10 at the time. And Moving through life, I, I eventually ended up saving up money and buying a, a MacBook Pro laptop when I was 12, and my parents had helped go in on it with me and stuff. And What happened was I had kind of bought that with the purpose of wanting to video edit. I'd seen that they had this awesome video editing program, iMovie. <laughs> I love it still, but that's what I got my start on. I started on iMovie, and I okay. the first video I ever filmed was on my MacBook Pro webcam. And it's still available on YouTube. It's called The Red Rider. And I filmed it with the webcam, and I edited an iMovie, and that was the first like completed short film I ever did. And it was a Western shootout with orange plastic guns. Uh, <laughs> great. And so the summary of kind of my story into filmmaking is that I was very overwhelmed when I first started getting into this, and mm -hmm. I realized very quickly I knew nothing. I didn't know where to start, and I knew I needed somebody to train me, and I knew I needed money because it was like I started looking up cameras, and it was like the cameras I knew were good were like thousands of dollars. And so I actually prayed when I was 12, and I this is after I bought my laptop, and I, I prayed, and I was like, God, if you want me to be... Uh, a filmmaker, a Christian filmmaker, provide somebody to train me and provide money. And within a couple days, I saw a clear answer to prayer where a connection came, someone we met who knew somebody, and through that connection, within a few months, I knew this person that kind of became this mentor in my life for video and videography. And then a couple days after I prayed that, I, I had this knowing, I was like, God, you just answered my prayer. And so from that day forward, I really had a a real drive and vision. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to learn about video. I want to get into video. And basically, I've done a lot. I started doing YouTube videos, and my YouTube channel is still up there. All my funny short videos that I've done. And, and so I really got into it in my high school years. And when I was 15, I made a short film with some other friends and this was like the first real deal short film mm -hmm. like there was a script and there was 
basically a script. <laughs> there was a boom pole and a script and a camera, and I got to film it and called myself the director. But no, I. it was a good experience. It was a hard experience. I went in with a lot of expectations of how good I wanted to make it, and it came out so much different. Like, it just, the first day hit me. I was like, oh, God, what's going on? This is horrible. And I remember crying that night, being like, this, I don't know how it's going to happen. Sounds like the story of most film projects I've been a part of, but (laughs) (laughs) I uh, (laughs) finished the short film, (laughs) and I thought, hey, did a short film. What's next? Feature film, of course. And so (laughs) I start thinking, oh, feature film's next, praying about it. And I just assumed, you know, this is going to be with the same group of people that mm-hmm. we got along pretty well. I think this is a good thing going on. And, and year goes by, year goes by, year goes by, and I, I basically graduate high school and nothing's really happened. Nothing's opened as far as a feature film. or And maybe a f- one short film came up after high school. It was like Barn Band. And, but it was it was such a dry season. And what's interesting is that when I was a senior in high school, I had a business class and I ended up making a video company called NJ Multimedia. And this opened up the door to, I feel, the second answer to my prayer, which was the money. And so this is something where I was like, I was always editing, I was always filming. It was not filmmaking uh, like I wanted to be doing, but it was it was pain, mm-hmm. paying me and like it was, like a profession and through that it's like I've had the money to spend on equipment and I've had um, the ability to rent equipment and things like that and and so all these things prepared me and when I was when I graduated high school that year I had kind of forgotten that I had prayed so hard for a feature film and I you know I, I had prayed after I when I was 15 through probably 16 17 maybe I remember writing down this prayer and Gilbert Sorolla who was a friend of my dad's he owned a property management business, and our we were good friends with the Sorolla family. We went on a picnic after the National Day of Prayer. There was some public event in, in town, and we went on a picnic, and me and him went on a walk, and we never really talked much before. And he was sharing with me some things about the Army and how it relates to spiritual warfare. And, and I kind of was like, oh, that'd be good material for a movie. And I didn't think much of it. That's all I said, you know. And this is just me being Matthew because I'm always looking for stuff that would be good material for a movie. Yes. (laughs) So I'll drop a comment like that all the time. But that was something that really stood out to Gilbert. And he had never even considered making a movie before in his life. And so then he gets excited about, hey, we should make a movie. And... I'm having trouble getting into it because like, I have this expectation and imagination in my head of like what it'll look like when I do a feature film. Like I'll work with these people, you know, we'll like film it here, that you know. And it was interesting because Gilbert said, hey, let's start meeting. Let's, can we meet Tuesday and talk about it? Let's meet this Tuesday and talk about it. So we met every week for like a half a day. And this birthed the story of Counter Column, which is the movie that we just finished and we're still kind of working on. It's been like a huge journey and I'll talk more about it later, I'm sure. 
but it's just like a testimony like it my my road to filmmaking has been very unexpected and very non-traditional which i don't know if there's any traditional route into filmmaking but for me it's not been going and working with other people like I would have loved to, you know, it's, it's been very much like I stayed here in this area and I did video production and have had a lot of leadership experience and all these different things. And it's just like things to dropped in my lap sort of, but it's very unexpected and even up till it happens. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like summary of kind of my journey as a filmmaker. Nice. That's kind of cool. That Facing the Giants was like your first one. Like, I didn't see that in theaters, but that was like the first, I would say, modern Christian film that I saw as well. And like, it was the coolest thing to me, as, too. Like, wow, I've never thought about this before. Yeah, yeah. Kind of crazy. So, I'm kind of curious. Because, like, when I go to a lot of, you know, film festivals and that, you meet plenty of people that want to be, like, actors, directors, DPs. Was the producer area kind of where you always were interested in? Or how did that come about? That is a good question. The answer is no. It was not. I didn't even know about producer role. Um, (laughs) I wanted to just make films and I always wanted to be behind the camera and I think one of the things that I fell in love with early on was editing and so I tell people oh I want to be an editor and they're like oh there's not enough of those that's awesome but I always kind of still saw myself I never saw myself as the actor more of the behind the scenes and I've acted in a lot of my shorts because (laughs) you have to even counter column I had to bite the bullet and be an extra and that's just it goes with the territory it's like you're doing anything you can to get your movie done but I was always filming and, and bringing it together, organizing it. And I didn't know it, but my whole life I had been producing. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it was kind of a realization. I started to really understand producing more either my first or my second time going to the Christian Worldview Film Festival. And I started hearing talks on producing and realized, oh, I, I get that. And I kind of do that. And maybe that's my place in filmmaking because having a business organization accounting all those things like come second nature you have to do all those things and so to right. me, coming on to filmmaking and being able to use all those things is easy and some people like they come into filmmaking and they end up having to produce not really wanting to be the producer really but they don't realize mm-hmm. that they need a producer or a production manager and so they have they, it's all a drag they don't realize how much of a drag it is to do all these things to me it's like a joy <laughs> because like i like details and i like organization and i think the biggest thing that stands out to me about being a producer is that you're making something happen and so when i when i had the realization oh producing is like my thing like i think that's my thing when i had that realization it was like i was also realizing like i meet all these talented people and all of them are looking for jobs and all of them are wanting to be on film sets and none of them are the people to actually make something happen that they can work on Mm -hmm. and so who who does that it struck me there's such a lack of the true filmmakers like the true people who are like making it happen and i was like huh that maybe that's that's my place 
because like you know it's it's as simple as like organizing a short film you know it's like getting everyone together and stepping back and watching them work it's cool to have the vision to see something that like from that perspective yeah it's 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 unique it's awesome and but I didn't I didn't see myself as a producer until I realized what a producer does. Okay. And then I was like, that's totally that's totally what I'm supposed to do. Nice. It's, yeah, I I agree. There aren't enough producers out there. Yeah. And good producers are even harder to come by than <laughs> producers at times. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Before we kind of jump in here to counter column do you want to just kind of give a brief, like, what the film is about in case people have never heard of it? So, Counter Column is a story about a teen from San Antonio, Texas, Anthony Mendoza, who grows up and is totally in the wrong crowds, starts dealing drugs, uh, didn't really have any mom or dad at home. And things really start spiral out of control in his life. And so he ends up joining the army out of this necessity to get away from town and he meets this Midwestern Christian named Chris Wright, who's from Indiana, and Chris tries to reach out to Anthony, but Anthony's just not going to hear anything about it. And it's when Anthony sees Chris's response to tragedy in his life that Anthony actually starts to pay attention and listen. And so that the story takes place largely at basic training. There's a part of it that's San Antonio, and there's a part of it that's Indiana, but large, largely it plays out in the craziness of basic army basic training. Okay, cool. Definitely not a, uh, a setting you see a lot of films getting made in. You mentioned earlier that Counter Column was like your first feature film that you yep. produced. So when you know you were going to do this... Were there books you were reading, people you were talking to in the early stages to kind of get a better handle on what you were going to have to do on a feature film? Well, I remember going to classes at the Christian Worldview Film Festival. That was one of the things that I did. When I knew I was going to be producing, I hit up all the producing classes. (laughs) And uh, I think I learned better you know, just by classes and asking questions. There were quite a few people I asked that no matter how little experience or, yeah. you know, depending on, you know, their experience, you might think, oh, they don't really know what they're, they're talking about. But, you know, someone who's produced, someone who had produced a short film with a budget was more experienced than I had had. I had produced short films, but I'd never done it with, like, a budget. It was always, like, low budget, whatever, no budget. I, I remember talking to people who had been on a film set. That was more experience than I had ever had. How, how did they see that a film set was run well? And how did they feel like it could have been run better? It's good to hear from producers, but it's also good to hear from people who've been on sets. And, you know, those that's sometimes the insight that really is, is neglected, I guess, of like, right. you know, how was your experience and how could have it, it have been better? So I got to hear from people who had been on Beyond the Mask and people who had been on um, I Can Only Imagine and some bigger sets. And it was neat to kind of hear hear perspectives and things. Um, Polycarp, I think I talked to someone who had been on Polycarp. And 
so so I didn't have a ton of like producers that I talked to per se, but I did have quite a few people that mm-hmm. I, that I talked to about things. And as I tried to get more experience in the different, like I wanted to understand what was necessary in like the sound department. So I had a long conversation with a guy who ran sound. And so so that, I guess that's the biggest research. I I wasn't. I should have watched more YouTube videos, probably. <laughs> um, and I, I should have read books, but I didn't really read books. I'm, I think I just, my personality is just kind of like, go for it and uh, learn along the way, which probably <laughs> came back to bite me in a lot of ways, but <laughs> the movie got made by God's grace, so <laughs> despite, despite my learning style. <laughs> what was the process like early in pre-production and you're looking around for your different department heads that are going to work on the project. What was that process like mm-hmm. of finding them and getting them on the project? So I think before we hired anybody, I think we did have an online application on our website. During our Kickstarter, we did post like, hey, we're crew call, casting call. So we were just okay. blowing it up like right away with all the publicity we had with the Kickstarter going on, we were also doing like our crew and our cast applications on our website. And so that was cool. We did our applications for crew and cast through Google Forms. Okay. And that would go and populate a Google spreadsheet or Google sheet, which would then be color coded by our casting coordinator to like the people we wanted for sure or the people we wanted to contact and it had all the you know it had their phone number their email it had a question about are you willing to volunteer like can you work for free essentially there are a lot of questions i i I think you you filled this out i think so there are a lot of questions on there i'm like that was a waste of time (laughs) 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 like that didn't help us at all or like or like there are a lot of things now hindsight. I'm like we should have asked. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a driver's license? Or like <laughs> just like really basic things that like uh, you you realize it's good to know. The reason was I had just patterned the crew application off of some some random intern application. Okay. From somebody's site, but it worked and it gave me their contact info. I talked to a lot of people, and. Um, but I remember we got a lot of responses, but we needed a director of photography, like the director of photography position. I felt like we really wanted to um, get somebody really good for. And I had called up a guy that I knew from the festival, and I think he said, you know, he wasn't in a position where he could do it. But I remember talking to a girl who ended up being our gaffer because she had originally applied for being director of photography. And through that conversation, I think I was talking to her about being DP and I, or I'd emailed her or something. And somehow something had come up where she sent me her website. And then she sent me some other people that were DPs that she knew and said, Hey, these are also good people you should look into. And me and Gilbert took a look at one of them, who was Dave Waco, and his reel, and it was uh, really incredible, really good stuff. And so I called up Dave, and 
he was the one guy that I think we we actually like worked out a deal with him for him he was like one of the first crew we actually kind of secured okay um because we worked out something where he could do it and he wanted a christian film to work on and then his hire led to getting our gaffer and our first assistant camera for indiana and so that was the biggest like grouping that was not really directly through our crew applications i guess okay we'd kind of scouted yeah sort of scouted though it kind of was because you know um our gaffer ended up she had applied through the crew and then she kind of gave me a lead to dave other than that most of the people that got filled in were had had gone through the crew application and um this is my first time budgeting a feature film and we're mm-hmm. on a limited budget with our Kickstarter and stuff. When things got a little bit tight, I started calling basically everyone who had said, yeah, I'll volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, you know, I was just filling in uh, whoever would come essentially. But it was so cool to see how so many people came and helped us out. And uh, something that really helped us it was a blessing and a curse, but it really ended up helping us get enough crew that knew what they were doing. And it was that we had three blocks of Indiana of filming. So we had a San Antonio chunk, then we had two Indiana chunks. And so the way I handled crew, uh, getting crew for the project was basically I, a new crew for every block. Okay. But the people that said they could do all three, basically on the application, it said, can you do this block, this block, or this block, or all, you know, you check the ones that you're available for. And I was able to get some, the, the main people, like our assistant director, second assistant director, um, DP, gaffer, key grip, all, all those uh, production designers, just some really key consistent people for the entire time. And then everyone else was able to come for like this week or two weeks or the last week or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or the different blocks. And that helped us in the sense of like getting enough people, uh, because not everyone we were, with our strap budget we couldn't like afford to pay people to be there the whole time, and even like covering people's travel was sometimes a stretch. And yeah, and so it gave people the flexibility if they wanted to be on the project, to be able to come and just work a shorter bit, almost like a short film versus the whole thing, which would have been like a month or two commitment. So. If you were to do another feature film, would you do crew application that same way, or would you do it differently this time around? I would do a hundred percent the same way, but I would change. I would, you know, use the hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> to change the application, so it gives you better, more relevant information. Um, as far as casting goes, I'm not sure. Okay. I I think we would want to look into having an official casting director and um you know getting getting professional applications through like actors access or something like that we didn't really tap into like name talent at all Mm -hmm. or people who are like super serious about acting it's more it's mostly people that either this is kind of a side thing for them or we pulled them from our church because we didn't have anybody else (laughs) Too relatable. Yes, a, a little <laughs> too much. <laughs> and so I would totally do the crew applications the same way, but I think that we have a list of people that we 
you know, we're trying to take notes this whole way. Mm -hmm. You know, every time we're like, okay, this is a good thing that happened. We'll say, do this next time or something we really wish we should have done. We'll say, hey, do this for next time. And the coolest thing about working with random people you've never met before is that you actually find some people that like are really, really good. And so, you know, working through the whole film, there's people that we really, really want to come back. And so those are the people that we would probably contact ourselves yeah. <laughs> instead of waiting for their crew application and try to work out something with them. When you're trying to work with a more experienced crew, mm-hmm. you know, we were able to work with a experienced crew, but it was an experience at a lower level. Like a lot of these people had been in, you know, assistant director on a short film or several short films, or they had produced several short films or they had done grip on several short films it was all like at a at a short film level or like even our director of photography this was his first feature for him to be a director of photography for him to be a cinematographer so so like almost everybody was in this boat where it was like this was their first feature to be in this position they were in they had had the experience a little bit short term or like you know on a smaller stage and but this was their first feature film experience at that level and that was also one of the keys for like being able to crew with a small budget yeah it's because a lot of these people were willing to get the credit our prayers that everyone like is able to have counter as like a launch pad into bigger and better things and so i don't know exactly where i was going with that but <laughs> hopefully that answers your question yeah no that's good because yeah i've never i've never done a survey like that i've either just directly reached out to people or just like put a cast uh, casting crew call on the facebook page like send an email here Um, yeah it is important to have marketing behind it so uh we had a marketing crew it was a bunch of friends that volunteered mm -hmm. to help with online marketing during our kickstarter okay and they definitely helped push it out there and uh so that that's definitely something you don't want to just like create a website where no one knows about it's like you definitely need to be sharing it and trying to get the word out there and even paying to put it out there for people but honestly the christian worldview film festival circle is uh, a really awesome circle to to put some put stuff out as far as crew calls specifically um a lot of the crew came from the Christian Worldview Film Festival. And also just networking, you know, when someone knows you, mm-hmm. that gives validity to your crew call. Um, and I didn't realize that, like, that was happening because I'd been there for, like, three, four years. Yeah. But I just met a lot of people, and they knew my name, even if I didn't know them well. And they're like, oh, cool. We checked out checked out the Kickstarter and said, oh, I want to fill out a crew application. So I, I definitely like recommend doing that. But I think I was saying when you want to work with, um, for the most part, people, no matter how experienced people are, they're still filling out applications. Yeah. So because they're all, you know, the way the industry works is, you know, you're always applying for different gigs. But if you want to work with someone specific, the best way to get them on your project is a phone call and to work out a memo, you know, work out a deal with them specifically. And so we've, we've thought about that a little bit, or I have. As far as next project, you know, if there's um, someone with more experience in a certain department, we want to get to kind of head that department up or something to contact them specifically. It doesn't hurt at all to have have a crew call at the same time. Um, so, yeah. Nice. And that wraps up this episode of the Producer Podcast. 
Join us next time as we continue our discussion with Matthew Jordan on the film Counter Column and look at both the production aspect of the film as well as its delayed release due to COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe to The Producer Podcast. Thank you.